What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D. And with me tonight is my co-host, Mr. Miggity Mac. Mm-mm-mm. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude. Three snaps up. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, but that's not really our style. So we'll try to keep this rated PG-13, terrorism, satire, and sheep murder. (laughs) Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 9, Pantheon, nomination number 2, Four Lions. Nominated by Ryan Smith, and the guest voter is yours truly, Triple D. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Mr. Miggity Mac. Yes, sir. For our listeners, what is Pantheon? You know, Pantheon, it's movies that hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects, the essential viewing that 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 X factor, that je ne sais quoi. I don't know what that is. He never gets every old. time. You know, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Best of its genre. There are nine members on the AV Council, and every three weeks during a season, a council member nominates a movie. Everyone else votes yes or no with their reasons and a write-up. And in addition, there's a guest voter. That's you this time, Triple D. And the Facebook poll as well counts as another vote. So nine plus a guest voter plus a Facebook poll, 11 total votes. Each movie needs a two-thirds majority, which means seven yeses to get into Pantheon. Well, there you go. Now we're on the second movie, but it means we've had one movie so far. We had. A couple weeks ago, we reviewed Walk Hard, the Uh, Dewey Cox story. We did. That movie, uh, how'd it do? Oh, you know, out of the 11 votes, it got... Dos. Two. Two. It got two votes. Not not quite. Just just missed it. Yeah, yeah. And one of those votes is always the nominator. Yeah. So, so like at least you, one that you one can't get other less than one. Said yes, unless... which I think might have been the Facebook poll. Let's be <laughs> no, honest. No, it was not. Oh, it was not the it Facebook was Adam. poll. Oh, Adam. Mr. Yeah. Chromacho. So, before we get into this movie, uh, Mr. Miggity Mac, yes, I sir. was thinking about having a little movie foreplay. Oh, foreplay is my foreplay. favorite. Foreplay. So, as we are looking at a dark comedy tonight, I was yes. wondering if uh, you had any dark comedies. Ooh, uh, some, some favorites. Some favorites. Yeah. You know, one that I really, really enjoy, and every I forget about it sometimes, and it pops back up, and, and, and it is Heather's. Oh, yeah. Very dark comedy. It's very dark. And then also, you know, and this is right along with the AV kind of groove, Fight Club. Mm. Also a dark comedy. Also in my, I would say, top five or so of dark comedies, uh, Fight Club. How about you? What do you Well, I was also thinking American Psycho. That's a good one. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, have you seen Death of Stalin? You know what? It has been a long time. It, it came out a few years ago, and I think I it was saw kind it of during the pandemic. Yeah, right? I think I saw it once early pandemic, so it's been maybe four years or so. Yeah, uh, and I need to watch it again. Watched it a couple of times, and uh, like it stands up. I like it's a it's a fun movie. All right, and it's it's dark. Um, and then uh, there's uh, it's right there in the title. 
You know, yeah. kind of a double whammy, both yeah. death and Stalin. Let's just <laughs> let's let's admit it. The title says it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you know where this is going. All right, so let's look at our movie Four Lions and talk about uh, a little synopsis of some of the things about uh, some movie facts. So sure. this is rated R in the genre of dark comedy or satire, directed by Chris Morris, who also. Directed four episodes of Veep, and, and he had one other movie. What was the, the day shall come? The day shall come, uh, written by Chris Morris, Jesse Armstrong, who had his hand in Peep Show, Succession, and uh, he was a writer for the show Magicians, Ooh, which I, a, I love very I'm, much. That was right close to your heart. Um, and Sam Bain with Peep Show, and Peep Show, uh, British show, very funny. I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff. It's it, I've seen clips, but I've not yeah. watched the show. Excellent stuff. Produced by Mark Herbert and Darren Schlesinger, who also was involved with Mule Mm -hmm. and IT Crowd. Cinematography by Lowell Crowley, uh, who was involved with Hyde Park on Hudson. You remember that one with uh, with Roosevelt? Uh, there was a car, and there was like he was making out with his cousin, and it had yes. Bill Murray. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Odd movie and Secret Garden. That so was a, that was a that was one of those that, that I remember watching with my kids, Secret Garden. Yeah, and uh, being oddly surprised at how how much I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was, yeah, interesting. Uh, edited by Billy Snedden, who was involved in Borat's subsequent movie film. Yeah, that's Borat Part 2. That's the COVID yeah. Borat. Uh, production, Film 4 Productions, that are involved with Britain's Channel, Channel 4. 4. Wild Bunch, who did The King's Speech, Great so movie. a little fancy. Fabulous and Warp movie. Films. Surprise, that hasn't been nominated for Pantheon. And, and Warp Films, who are involved in a lot of indie projects. So you can kind of see the flavor of the mm-hmm. different production companies there. Distributed by Optimum Releasing, who also gave us Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, released January 23, 2010 in the United States with a runtime of 97 minutes. A spelt. A svelte. I, I gotta say, it was pretty quick. A svelte. I felt like it was over. 97 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Hour and a half plus seven. That's right. Uh, so, this was starring Riz Ahmed, who played Omar, who was in... He's probably the most uh, uh, modern-day well yeah. famous uh, in terms of pop culture. Well, he Jason was involved Bourne in Jason Bourne, who yeah. wrote one. Yeah. Um, that you've got Kayvon Novak, who played Waj, uh, who is Nandor in What We Do in the Shadows. Nandor! Who, the characters are very similar. They are. Uh, that you have Nigel Lindsay and Arshur Ali and Adil Akhtar who played Faisal, who was Enola Holmes, uh, in Enola Holmes as Inspector Lestrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was also in The Dictator as Marouche. Yeah, and there's some connections back here between The Dictator and the Borat movies that I think are interesting, yeah? Yeah, so I, I mean, I picked some of these just because of the connections that mm-hmm. have theme mm-hmm. with themes of this movie. Synopsis of this movie from IMDb. Four incompetent British terrorists set out to train for and commit an act of terror at a London Marathon. And I always think it's humorous that not only is the movie called Four Lions, but even the synopsis says four. There were five. There's a lot of lions. There were five. Uh, now, incidentally, which, because this movie came out in 2010. Yes. About a bombing at a marathon. At a marathon. That. By people who were of a Muslim faith and yep. were, were and, inspired. And extremists. And, uh-huh. and, yeah. That 
in the U.S., then three years later, mm-hmm. on April 15, 2013, mm-hmm. that you have the Boston Marathon bombing. And there are plenty of articles that were written about the connection between the movies to say, this this really reminded, like, yeah. anybody... Felt familiar. Felt familiar, like, yeah. yeah. Except one would argue that the Boston Marathon bombing, for all, all of the horribleness that went on there, they didn't just, uh, they weren't incompetent boobs. Nope. Where these people in this movie were a hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. 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 So let's look at some ratings, reviews, and then we'll get to receipts. The ratings. IMDb has this at seven point three out of ten. Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes eighty three percent fresh with an eighty percent audience score. Metacritic has this aggregated at sixty eight per at sixty eight out of a hundred. Uh, so we'll get some reviews. You give me the top of the pops from Rotten Tomatoes. Sure, yeah, yeah. Ali uh, Koi. Koi, thank you. From EMEL, rated as this. This review is rated as fresh, or they rated it fresh. It excels in that it centralizes the humor around the feebleness of mind and inadequacies of the characters, rather than being insensitive to the actual shattering consequences of terrorism. So, and then. Uh, on the rotten side, we have Josh Bell from Las Vegas Weekly said, Once you get over the initial novelty, you're left with a movie that alternates between lame sitcom-style gags and muddled social commentary. Mm-hmm. So then we have over at Metacritic, I grabbed a couple of different reviews, one from the top, two from the, the towards the bottom of the pack here. So top of the pops, we've got Richard Corliss, they rate his review as a 90 from Box Office Magazine, and he writes, while the film is likely to find outright rejection among those who remain jittery with each turn in the war against terror, it should be it should find a warm reception with fans of dark, outrageous humor. Yeah, and Nicholas Rapold from the San Francisco Chronicle, his, his review was rated a 50, uh, said, probably the world's first jihad terrorist comedy. Four Lions is a daring, brilliantly conceptualized film, but like the bumbling bombers of the title, the execution tends to be hit and miss. And then you have also on the bottom, and I just, I don't normally do two of these on the bottom, but I figure this would give another perspective. Ty Burr from Variety, that they rate this as a 50. It says, an audacious premise gets dangerously unstable execution in Four Lions, a ballsy but wobbly high-concept farce that sends up the bumbling schemes of a blighty-based jihadist cell. Hmm. Now we go over to the Metacritic Hoi Polloi, the user reviews. Mm-hmm. And we have this a, a 7.7 with 82 positives, 14 middles, and 7 negatives. And we have, uh, why don't you read our, our top yeah, there? top of the stack. We got Lady Boodle. Lady Boodle. I gave it a 10. Just one of the funniest films I have ever seen. Morris is a genuine satirical genius, and I love the fact he tackles this kind of subject matter. The characters are fantastic, and I can't remember the last film which made me laugh out loud as much as this one did. Now, Gitbo. 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 I don't think I've met Gitbo. Hello, Gitbo. We have not met Gitbo. Gitbo disagrees, giving this movie a four. Said the movie is seriously unfunny and borderline racist. The specter of innocence being obliterated by bumbling jihadists is simply too gruesome to be truly funny. A disturbing work that epitomizes 
too soon. Too soon. Now, let's turn the page over to go and look at some of the reviews that we got from folks on the AV page. Our Our own Facebook folk. The Video Landers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, some of the comments we got. Paul Roman. What's Paul have to say? Paul Roman has to say, never even heard of it. Huh. Which goes along with what we'll see the poll looks like a little later. And the uh, uh, receipts. When we talk about receipts, I think you'll find some. <laughs> Giselle Butler. Giselle Butler says, I have no clue what this movie is. LOL. Lol. Crying, laughing face. Is this the one with Michael Caine and the little kid? It is not. It is not. It is not. That is that is uh, 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 retired lions. No, secondhand. Secondhand. Lions. I was close. I was right there. Well, yeah, that's it's a whole funny that movie. you mentioned secondhand lions because oh. Kyle Charters says, "I honest to God thought you had nominated secondhand lions, not only once but twice." <laughs> Brian Smith must really like Haley Joel Osment. The awkward years. <laughs> Glad to see I'm wrong. <laughs> So we got Babatunde Ahemai yeah. uh, says, first time I'm hearing about this movie. Al Patrickson says... Al Patrickson! Wait, that sounds like a... Uh, uh, what's that called when you have a... a, a like a, a pseudo yeah, name? A pen de plume. <laughs> nom de plume. A nom de plume. A nom de plume. I think this anyway. is like a nom de... Where I'm in Facebook jail. <laughs> <laughs> Al Patrickson says, There's only one other movie I've seen about lions beyond The Lion King, and that's Secondhand Lion what? with Haley Joel Osment, <laughs> Michael Caine, and Robert Duvall. So unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, I haven't seen Four Lions. So here's the thing. For all of you that haven't seen it yet, it's 97 minutes. It really wouldn't take you long to watch it and then put your comments on the Facebook page. But I'm cool yeah. with whatever and you comments said you, you found. Add. You found it on Pluto. I did. Right? Found it on Pluto. With, it was with free. Some, with, it had commercials. It had uh, commercials. But, yeah. but I watched it for free. Uh, so Scott Herdliska says, I like it okay, but it's a no for me. Now Bill Wheat, he had a little more to say. Bill Wheat. Bill says, watched it for the first time because of this nomination, so thank you. I found it funny in spots and the concept uh, and the concept game for parody, but ultimately felt most of the characters were just too dim-witted to have much depth and the subject matter such that I could never really feel for any of the characters. Riz Ahmed gave his character the most depth, and I thought Nigel Lindsay was pretty funny. But to me, the film overall never elevated itself to something incredible. So I would say no to Pantheon. And then we have Joshua McLaughlin. Mm. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Comedy is such a hard, subjective thing to judge when it comes to Pantheon nominations. However, I would, I have to stick with what I feel about the feature film as a whole, not just whether it makes me laugh or not. This flick is well enough as a diversion on its own, but it does not meet the requirements by which a Pantheon film should stand. This is a no for Four Lions. Uh, Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, so beyond the confusions of what movie we're talking about, uh, at least from these comments, uh, you know, a lot of folks were were like, you know, good enough and cool concept, but kind of no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not everybody. It's a sampling. Uh, yeah. And there may be even more on there that we haven't seen yet. But those are the ones as of, yep. of, as of tonight. So now, uh, let's get to our comps. Receipts! 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 So, uh, if, if, uh, if, I, if I may. If you uh, may. Four Lions, as we said, came out in January 2010, uh, 97 minutes. Christopher Morris, and we talked about what his 
uh, credits are. Production budget was $3.75 million. Domestic gross, this is U.S. domestic gross, 305000 Worldwide, however, $6.1 million. It, it did hit a little better internationally than just in the U.S. So domestic gross was one house in West Lafayette. That went like a bunch of times. <laughs> Average ticket price in 2010 was $7.89. So uh, we, do a little, we do a little thing here where we divide the domestic gross by the average movie ticket price that particular year of the uh -huh. release. And to, to, to make a nice comparable measurement of movies across time. 1940s, 1960s. 1980s even today yeah. it, it it has a little it has a little bit of an adjustment that we're going to have to figure out how to do during covid releases yeah. but but otherwise when movie theaters are open and doing their business in any case we call this the bsi the bsi bsi what does that stand for it is patented copyrighted trademark, trademark registered reserved. reserved like we oh secret recipe it stands for butts and seats index there you go which you might call it the bisi but we don't we, we don't we say bsi because bsi sounds like CSI. Yeah, it does. And I'm old it's, enough it's, to have watched CSI. Yeah, more than once, probably. Yeah, yeah. In any case, the BSI, uh, when you divide that out, is 0 0.04 million or 40,000. 40,000 40, people in the U.S. went to the theaters to watch this movie. 40,000. Now, by comparison, we have a standard we use, a ruler, shall yeah. we say, the Fight Club standard. The Fight Club standard. Which, as everyone Everybody knows. Everybody knows, 7.3 million. 7.3 million for the Fight Club standard. That's the BSI. And so... I can't uh, even do the math on this one. It, it, it came out with 0 0.04, so that's 40,000. Yeah. So, while it didn't do that great in the U.S., uh, I would say there's a couple of reasons. We're a little sensitive to terrorism. Sure. And terrorism around comedy feels a little sticky. It was an indie movie. It was an I indie movie. I don't know movie. how many theaters it Probably got more into. theaters internationally than in the U.S. But even so. Yeah. That's how it performed here. BSI 0.04. And I don't remember any other movie that we've reviewed for Pantheon that had that low. Uh, Dear Zachary... I think was maybe thirty seven thousand okay. or something so or seventy four thousand. I like, thought it was more. Yeah, I thought it was more than this, but yeah, I don't recall for sure. So by comparison, let's talk about a movie that has some connections, which you've already sure. pointed out. Borat. Borat. Released November third, two thousand six. Eighty four minutes. Directed by Larry Childs, who also did The Dictator, which makes sense, but also Dicks the Musical. And Bruno, which and again Bruno. makes some sense. Production budget for Borat was $18 million. Domestic gross, 128.5. By any measurement, a success. Worldwide, $262.6 million. Average ticket price that year, 2006, was $6.55 for a BSI of $19.6 million. More than double the Fight Club standard. Now, why did I use Borat as a comparison? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I'm thinking that this kind of pokes fun at the same sort of uh, uh, Islamophobia or or Asian phobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, and definitely, it's a dark comedy. Yeah, dark comedy. And it, it, it's satire. Satire right? it pokes in yep. to like the our, our own misconceptions and prejudices. Yes. And that sort of stuff. Makes yeah. and, and and not just poke into them, but like puts them in your face and says, yeah. "Ha ha!" Yeah. yeah. Another one, What We Do in the Shadows, another dark comedy, another connection back to our writing, directing and team. And also a similar kind of like improvisational style. Yep, yep, yep. Released February 13th, 2014. In fact, today is, we're recording on February 13th. We are. This is the 10th anniversary 10th of the anniversary release of this movie. Of What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. The movie, not the TV show. Yeah. 
Uh, 86 minutes, directed by Jermaine Clemens and Taika Watiti, which that's just the way you have to say his name. I'm sorry. It just Watiti. comes out there. Anyway, and you, Lordy, they have credits. I couldn't even <clears throat> list them all here. They, they've done so much together. Production budget of What We Do in the Shadows, $1.6 A nice little, okay. little pack, tight little package. Domestic gross, $3.5 Worldwide, double that, $7.4. Average ticket price that year, $8.17. For a BSI of $0.4 million, or 400000 Ten times as much as Four Lions. Yes, but still, but still not exactly. Not cracking the million not mark. Not cracking the million mark. Uh, speaking of Fight Club yeah, and Fight dark Club. comedies and uh, this kind of uh, 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 of, of, so, of social uh, commentary, Fight Club, October 15th, 1999. 139 minutes, David Fincher. We've talked about this movie before. He did Seven, Gone Girl, The Social Network, so many other uh, movies. Production budget was $63 million. I believe a huge percentage of that went into the, the special effects video stuff they did. Uh, domestic gross of $37 million, worldwide 101.2. Average ticket price, five oh six. And as we Hold said, on. Let me do the math on this. I'm thinking the BSI for this is $7.3 It is. It's precisely $7.3 which, as we said, is the Fight Club standard. Everybody for knows. As, as, I don't even have to explain it because yeah. all of our listeners already Everybody know Everybody knows. So, you mentioned this, The Death of Stalin. Came yeah. out March 9th, 2018. Just a little, almost six years ago. 107 Minutes by Armando Iannucci, who was also involved in Veep, but also Avenue 5, which is not the most popular HBO series. Had two seasons so far. I enjoyed it, but uh, it's a, it's quirky. In any case, The Death of Stalin, production budget was $13 million, domestic gross $8 million, worldwide 24.6, with an average ticket price of $9.11, uh, and a BSI of 0 0.9 million or 900,000. So that's another kind of a, I wouldn't say low performer, but lower domestic yeah. performer there. Yeah, yeah. And finally, I thought, you know, and you suggested this one as well uh, Dr. Strangelove or. How I Fell in Love with the Bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, right? It love, learn to love the bomb. Uh, 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 January 29th, 1964. Uh, 95 minutes, still not a long movie. It's directed by Stanley Kubrick, 2001 A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, etc., etc. Full Metal Jacket, so much credits underneath his name. Production budget on Dr. Strangelove, $1.8 Now, of course, it was the 60s, but that's still a low number. Domestic gross, $9.4 million. Worldwide, $9.5 million. Uh, definitely a U.S. market movie. Average ticket price that year was $1.24, so a BSI of... 7.6 million. Just about the Fight Club Correct, standard. Correct, the Fight Club standard right there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So we could see, other than Borat, uh, these movies are all in, uh, and the Fight Club, obviously, these movies are all sort of in little pockets of commonality, uh, which, as one of our commenters said, comedies yeah. are difficult. Especially dark comedies. Especially dark comedies. Yeah, yeah. And, and satires and that sort of stuff. All right, there you go. So before we get into our deep dig, yeah, and we look at the nomination, read that from Ryan Smith. That what do you, what do you want to do? We we sometimes maybe get maybe pour a little more whiskey. Oh, yeah, or, yeah, and then we I also sometimes get things here. on the table here. Ooh. 
I see a cardboard box on the there table. There is a cardboard box. It has box. a note on the top. What does that say? The cardboard box Wait, hold says, on. Someone just sent us a cardboard box. I'm a little nervous. It says, bomb not included. Oh, fine. No, then we should be able to open this Just open it no right problem. up. Yeah, here. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's I want It's not ticking. You shake it. Shake yeah, it. I'm not sure. I think we're okay. I'm a little scared. I think we're all right. Oh, no. This is when like, Brad's waiting outside the door, waiting. No, no, I don't want. I don't want to. We don't want to mess with the studio. Uh, <laughs> it's Ryan. Ryan sent us. So our nominee nominators will sometimes send us um, gift gifts, yeah. uh, bribes. They're bribes. They're definitely They're bribes. bribes. So what do you got? In the, what do you got in the pack? I see some. So you, I think you and I plastic. have two little plastic bags in here. Oh, what's in the bag? Inside oh, the plastic I bag. I see it. We have a dastardly plan for blowing somebody up. Oh, this is the toughest. Is it trainable? I think this is trainable. It's, it, it might be trainable. I don't know. It's trainable. They're little black crows with like real feathers. This will look beautiful up on the special shelf. There's no so we would have to add the little piece of uh, C4. This is why it says bomb not included. Yes, in yeah, here. it's just the. Uh, this is a callback to the movie. There's a scene in the movie where they're trying to essentially one of the m more uh, less intelligent of the folks of the four lions, five lions, was trying to train a crow uh, to fly the bomb in, and so these are little black crows. Uh, harking back to that scene in the movie. So thank you, Ryan. <laughs> this, that's cool. And uh, yeah, I'm just think, trying to figure out where I'm going to put this in my house that will make any sense. I know where it's going to go <laughs> in my house. You should take it to your office and stick yeah. it on the shelf, bro. Yeah, people ask about that. I'm There's like, little wires sticking off the feet so you that's can wire it to something. Yeah. Like a, 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 a like peg a, or a like fence. Like a stick or something. Or a shoulder. Your shoulder, you maybe? put it up here on my shoulder. Nice. Thank you, I Ryan. Like Thank you, this Ryan. This is very fun. Very fun. Yeah, and so here's the thing about the bribes. I mean, yes, you are a guest voter this time. Yeah. But these bribes don't affect our votes. Uh, they're just something fun as a memory, like a, a little... Yeah. Uh, a memento. A memento. Yeah, like a souvenir. And we always appreciate them we very, do. Much, very, very, very much. very, very much. Thank you a, very much, a Ryan. nice way for the council members to say nice things. And they never, they don't have to do this, nope. but they do this uh, very regularly. We've had movies where they didn't do it. Yeah, and and we're perfectly fine. With fine that, with that too. So, uh, so let me let me uh, dial in here and uh, start working my way what, through. What did Ryan say? Ryan's in his nomination? nomination. So, Ryan said I nominated four lions in 2017, and that was the year before we started it was. doing this. It was. Uh, and the bulk of this review is from that initial write-up. I had three other films to nominate, but this one was simply too good to not try again. It sounds silly, but I really believe this film in this film and that it is criminally criminally underrated. You've seen before, please consider giving it a fresh rewatch. And if it's your first time, I hope you enjoy it and that when it's all over a little more, uh, it's a little more than you thought it was going to be anyway. Here's my second shot at Four Lions. It's a dark comedy that follows an inept group of aspiring jihadists in London as they work towards their ultimate goal of martyrdom via suicide bombing on a fast track to heaven. Now there is weight behind Four Lions and as it constantly reminds you of the reality that there these are terrorists we're talking about and not just a faded rock band. The movie lulls you into letting your guard down. It's in these wet, very well-timed moments where the film takes a, a quick turn and reminds you that we're not witnessing something innocent. Sometimes it's 
The stark juxtaposition of an explanation of martyrdom using Lion King characters as examples, or a heartfelt talk between a husband and wife about blowing up with a smile on your face. And sometimes they're not even contrast anything, like when Barry is listing off the intended victims of a homemade bomb and states there are no innocent victims. Sudden shifts like this are the most prevalent in the film's third act, where the shit hits the fan, and we see each character as they truly are. This climaxes Pantheon just by itself, as it brings to a head the doubt, fear, manipulation, ego, and moral uncertainty of what they're doing and why they're doing it. I won't spoil it, but it's an intense emotional climax that leaves still leaves me speechless, and it's funny as hell. And we will definitely ruin all of it, so if you haven't watched it, 100%. I'll tell you again. You might want to pause this, go watch and, the movie, and come back. And again, you can find it on Pluto if you need. Yeah, on Pluto. Yeah. Uh, first time director Chris Morrison chose to film Four Lions with a handheld equipment for a more personal documentary style vibe. Several times it uses security cameras or angels that would be used for surveillance and this is by design as well. It's as if our lead characters are under surveillance which feels very, very appropriate and effective in keeping with this style. There's minimalist mu minimal music except for very well-placed Pakistani songs and chants and a pop song now and then. The acting is phenomenal with brilliant comedic performances across the board. Riz Ahmed is believable as the confident but frustrated Omar. His scenes with his family are heartfelt and convincing and he is never over the top or unrelatable. He is the most emotional range on display as a character and Riz sells it Beautifully, Kayvon Novak plays Waj, an excited and loyal friend of Omar's, who I believe stands in for the masses as followers that just want to belong and look to their leaders for strength and logic. Nigel Lindsay is Barry, the white English jihadist who is more intense than any of them but lacks the nuanced stance on anything. He does this for himself and he does it out of anger. Lastly, Adele Akhtar plays Faisal, a quiet follower who is not much of a thinker either, all four leads give exceptional performances there truly is uh, there truly isn't a poor performance in this film top to bottom since the war on terror began we have seen count countless moves movies shows specials and news reports trying to understand the motivations of terrorist organizations they sometimes don't seem human and feel far removed from what we would uh, what we would consider rational, Four Lions doesn't try to defend the terrorist position, but it does shine light on the intellectual and emotional conflict that we all have when our deep-held beliefs come into conflict with our personal reality. It shows the logical hoops we will jump through and the way that we are willing to manipulate or be manipulated in order to keep our core beliefs intact. Four Lions is a great story with great characters, tons of laughs, some unsettling moments, and a stunning conclusion. And it's an underrated gem that I hope everyone enjoys and sparks good conversation. Which is what we're going to have tonight yep. about this movie and what we're having tonight so far as we go through. So, Mr. Miggity Mac, yes, sir. as we get started, before we get to our breakdown of the... the the uh, the different criteria that mm -hmm. we look at, mm -hmm. thinking about uniquenesses, challenges, insights uh, that come from this movie, and uh, what's your what's your 
initial foray into sure. into uniquenesses, challenges, or insights, you can start wherever you want. All right. Well, I th- <clears throat> one one thing that's unique here is also I think a challenge, and it is the cavalier uh, attitude that the family has about uh, about terrorism and and, and this uh, this uh, this uh, suicide bomber suicide bombing plan yeah even the man's like you mentioned in in his write-up that you know this casual conversation that the husband and wife have about blowing himself up um when he does leave a message with her that it now's the time she seems she seems conflicted i just gotta say almost like maybe she didn't believe he really was gonna do it at all and she was kind of playing along but his son this was one of the moments in the movie when his son was like oh whatever he said but it was essentially like oh yeah but you're just gonna blow yourself up and kill bad kill uh kill non-believers yeah. or whatever it was the kid said i don't remember the exact quote but it was so casual and mom and dad are like yep that's what dad's gonna do it's it's not just a unique moment in that we've now we've now not just shown adults who have deeply held beliefs who are going to follow through with their plans but a child who's casually just accepting that and the family As a supporting child would it would do yeah with whatever mom and dad say is going to happen that's what's going yeah. to happen where you know it's very difficult for me to uh to imagine telling my children i'm going to do something i'm not talking about murdering someone but i'm going to do something extreme and to have any of my kids or grandkids just go like oh yeah all oh, that mac you know gosh darn he's that's he's as quirky that way yeah and I, I thought at that moment I was kind of like what, and then and then there were other moments that I started noticing more and more how cavalier they all were about it. Until, the final act, mm-hmm. then it got different, right? So I think that uh, it's both a uniqueness and a challenge. It's a uniqueness in that it's not something I've seen, and I'm not saying this movie was saying this is real. They were they were clearly doing yeah. it in satire, but it's not something I've seen in a movie before in a story before but it also is a challenge in that it might make you feel uncomfortable enough to want to push yourself away emotionally from the movie and the story itself yeah it was it was risky for them to do that in the movie so i think that's the case so yeah and so in this movie uh a uniqueness of this film certainly is that it's a western film that has as its protagonists a group of terrorists that you're going to follow along that they're going to be comedic in nature. And they, they set them up to be comedic even when they got together with terrorists yeah. and they were rejected as nope. Like, yeah. no, you are not us. Go, leave. Yeah, and so uh, um, I wouldn't say that it's wholly unique on that because there's other films that have done things along that line where you have funny Nazis mm. or, you know, or, you know, Bumbling Nazis. Bumbling Nazis, yeah. Uh, or, or you have, uh, like, Dr. Strangelove, you have bumbling war hawks right. who are just, they want to nuke the world. Right. That you have, you know, that there's movies that are out there that have this. Or even what, what we do in the shadows that has just sure. people, vampires who are killing people. Right. But, like, there casually. are... Casually. Casually. And there are, you know, this is our fun entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that can pose a challenge as well because the topic is as you use the term cavalier Uh that that it's that terrorism is a hard thing to swallow it's real vampires are not yeah and it is it it's something that perhaps a council member just can't abide you know that they they'll they'll watch this and be like 
eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that they will or they won't, but it, it, I could see it's something that has, you know, somebody else used the phrase of, of too soon or too close too or close. too personal. Yeah. Um, that I could see, I could see that kind of reaction yeah. being possible. Uh, another thing that was mentioned is that, and we've said this before, and it's almost kind of uh, cliche, but comedy is subjective, and dark comedy is a very specific flavor yeah. of comedy. And not only are we just like like jihadists aside, that still a dark satire, dark comedy is a very bitter flavor. Yeah, and just of comedy so you have to be able to be willing to accept that Mm -hmm. or like that or appreciate it Mm -hmm. and uh, there can be council members that uh that don't find any of this funny right um or see it as billed as a comedy but then don't feel any comedic value from it right and i i could also see someone who says oh it's billed as a comedy but it's also a satire and i do see the satire value and or even production value or the acting quality or the they like the handheld jiggly cameras and all that you know, you know what i'm saying like there's other things that they might be like no no i like that but i don't like like i don't see this as a comedy personally yeah i didn't see it as a comedy but i can recognize i can stand outside myself and recognize it's because of my inner core negative yeah. reaction to terrorism period and so i uh, i didn't hate the movie i'm just saying i i didn't laugh during this movie whenever i felt like i might laugh it was then connected right back to what they're doing and that that just felt a little close to not too soon it's been it's been a lot of years since we've yeah. had major events but but i'm just saying uh, uh it, it didn't feel too soon it just felt too close to real yeah yeah yeah. Uh, any other uh, challenges that you might that you might think that uh, a mm. council member might have with this? I don't know about a challenge, but I did have an insight. Okay. One of the insights that I saw that, that I could see in the movie, and I think it may have been, if I'm going to try to divine what the writer and the director were trying to do, uh, one of the insights I had was to, to uh, point out that not... Every single bad guy, not every single terrorist, not every single uh, person who has this uh, this this cause they want to drive forward for, they're not all actually capable of getting there. And yeah. there's a lot of dreamers and schemers that are never going to actually do anything yeah. in the world. That talk a lot bigger or... Uh, they might talk big and want to do something, but, but just they're not, lack they're not capability. Really capable. Yeah. yeah, and I and I think that was a part of what they were. It felt to me like that's a part of what they were trying to show. The fact that they ended up actually with explosives, and in the movie, as I said, we're going to yeah. ruin part of the movie. They end up at a marathon trying to, you know, blow people up with minimal to mixed successes. Yeah. Only just kind of shows that you know how hard it would actually be to do it, right? Now, in terms of um, in terms of its approach to the the satire of the war on terror, mm. right? Because mm. you have I don't want to say both sides in the sense of how people use the language now of both sides, but you have uh, the movie is not just poking at 
the dumbness of some jihadists that are involved in this, but also the overwhelming and um, prejudiced and miscalculated response of those who are fighting the terror, mm -hmm. uh, because you have scenes where uh, that the the cops are raiding or the wrong house and get the wrong get completely the wrong people, so they're on right. the wrong trail. And then you have uh, you have a scene where the the sniper is as casually and cavalierly right. uh, uh, talking about having killed somebody because he mistook mistook a Wookiee for a bear. Yeah, he was told, "Oh, shoot the bear," and he saw someone in a Wookiee costume and shot them and took him out, and then just casually defended himself. And no, then I, I and then argued the about whether yeah. or not it was a bear or a Wookiee. I killed the right person. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then then you also, also have the jihadists. One of them arguing that their best approach would to be to bomb a, a Muslim. Yeah, uh, 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 bombing a mosque a to mosque get people upset because that'll make everybody upset and ignite the ignite the yeah. the uprising. It's like what? And and just for a hot second in my mind, I went, "Wow." You might not be wrong. And then I thought, wait, what are you thinking? Of yeah. course, he, that's the stupidest idea. Yeah. Pointing out, you know. Well, and then the most deaths that occurred in the movie happened in the bomb that was inside the uh, the, the the Muslim eatery. I don't know if it was a kebab shop yeah. or whatever, yeah. which they had kind of foreshadowed earlier in the movie of dumb ideas of things to blow up, which mm -hmm. then they did end up blowing up. Uh, a like a, a, a drugstore and then a kebab shop. Um, but that the most of the deaths that were caused were because the uh, the cops shot the wrong person yeah. because any any Muslim is is the yeah. is the target. So yeah. they shoot the wrong person, which gives the terrorist the second that he needs to then get fully right. like uh, radicalized in that right. moment in to moment. then blow up the bomb, killing all the cops inside, mm -hmm. which the cops wouldn't have died if they shot the correct person, the correct person, if they had taken a moment. Yes. Right. So that's part of the bitingness of the satire, right? The very last, the very last bomb that goes off is the leader. And he walks in for some reason. I can't recall what business he walked. It was into. a drugstore. That was the drug Because store. they were talking about blowing up that because they had like condoms or, yeah, or tampons or something like Drug stores were bad, that. yeah. Yeah, but blow, blew up a, just an innocuous drugstore. Yeah, just a, a drugstore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, let's, let's chat about uh, let's break down some of the criteria and talk about some standout moments. And we talked about the categories, acting, casting, directing, editing, yep. screenplay, story, cinematography, locations, score, special effects, notables, and the X Factor. So starting with acting and casting. Acting and casting. Tell me about this. Well, okay. So I disagree with Ryan's assessment of the acting. I felt like probably two of the actors uh, portrayed their characters very well. And the rest of them felt very over the top. Very Which the Omar, Omar yeah, the, stood the, out. The main guy, he did stand out. And, and he popped out in the end where you could actually see his own struggle with what they're doing. Yeah. And with what, how he was leading uh, his, I guess, cousin who's both mentally handicapped and just following along. Yeah. Right? Um, but I'll go with that one. And I also think that... <laughs> for, 
for as crazy as this character was, Barry, Barry, the the white uh, radicalized Londoner uh, Muslim who was a hundred percent in on everything that he was doing. I actually kind of thought he did a great job. Yeah, I had no problem with the casting of the yeah. roles, uh, and. I feel that if there was any dings that you have on acting, that it comes to the direction given to the character rather than the how well the, the performer the doing their job. Performer doing their job was, um, and so it for me it's a little hard to tease those two elements apart because I might look at somebody and I'm like, why in the world would they do? that that as an actor but they were told to do that it's also possible though that that's how they did it in every take and that's what the director's option was was to accept what they did yeah it's possible um so but i I would agree that omar was standout um and i thought his wife was interesting she didn't have a huge role in the movie I, i interesting i'm not saying that she was standout i'm saying she was interesting yeah she didn't have a huge role in the movie but i felt like i actually got that moment where she switched from being like, yeah, 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 that's what you're going to do, love you, to, wait, today? You mean now? Yeah. When she got the message that he was... There was know, that moment. Right there was there. that moment. You could just see it. Like, she portrayed it. It was all there. And it was what I would expect yeah. that character to do. And I thought that was good. Yeah. So, um, I, don't, I don't have numbers for this in terms of like four out of five, five, whatever mm. you would classify this yeah. i don't know if you've gone through your numbers between three and a half and four for me for acting and casting yeah and and for me i feel like there was a lot of i'd be in the four range uh, but yeah. um directing and editing now i actually thought for what the movie was i thought it was edited well i liked uh i liked where the director was going with it i i felt like and i don't know if it's directing or editing i felt like there were pieces of the story missing and that's a part of why maybe there was elements of the movie that didn't quite... gel as much. Yes. Um, I'm not saying it was choppy. I'm saying it felt like there were some pieces missing. You know, you follow what I'm trying to yeah. say? Uh, the, the one character that collected all of the uh, chemicals for them and then ended up uh, and blew up the bird and ended up accidentally killing himself and a sheep, that character. I felt like had no depth whatsoever. It was it was a he was a, a slapstick sidekick that once he was gone, they even called the movie Four Lions, and he was the fifth guy. So I mean, it's, uh, that was weird to me. Yeah. So for me, directing is where I'd kind of ding this movie, and part of that is the choices that they made for me when I was watching this movie that it felt like, and this was a comment that somebody else had had. Uh, about waffling between sitcom slapstick and social commentary Mm. and that for me that I never felt like it found its groove and there was moments where um, and this I don't ding the actor for this but I feel like it was a director's choice to say this is going to be a really funny gag Let's have Waj be so stupid that he doesn't know the difference between rabbits and chickens. And that scene bothered me yeah. comedically. Yeah. Because uh, I just didn't feel like it was earned. Mm. Uh, yes, Waj is stupid, but. Yeah. Like, this is, this is that Tropic Thunder moment where you're like, never go full. Full. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Never go full. 
Yeah. And and um, I feel like his character in what we do in the Shadows TV show where he plays Nandor mm. is similar to similar to this character. Yeah. But uh, that his idiocy is earned uh, because of his position of power. Mm-hmm. And he's also kind of like mentally off, but mm-hmm. like it's it's earned. Like the the comedy is earned, mm-hmm. where it didn't feel earned to gotcha. me in, in moments. And yeah, where you kind of flop back and forth between these these styles. For me, there was that inconsistency there. Yeah, gotcha. That was kind of a that um, I just couldn't get behind. Gotcha. Um, that. Uh, in terms of the screenplay and story, I think the storyline was fine. I think the screenplay, it felt like they added in gags uh, at times. Like for example, the crow, and here we have these these the crows yeah. that that that, uh, that Ryan gave us. I think the scene with the crow could have been. I think it was added because it would be a funny gag more so than it added anything to the story. Which is what I think about the rabbits versus chickens. That's yeah. they were chatting about. <laughs> what if he thinks the rabbits are chickens and uh, yeah. or chickens are rabbits yeah. and and, and like also, it sounded funny when they were chatting, right. but then when they did it on screen, it's, it yeah. fell. But the but the even the scene where the guy's running and they're all running a certain way to try not to blow up the bomb that they're that they're carrying, but then he trips over the wall which she saw coming like. 10 steps before he yeah. did it and kills a sheep I went with they went Monty Python here right yeah and I thought well, but that's been done already like that's that. Yeah. that's not even new you can't even say well but they're both British no it's been done already so yeah I don't know especially they'd already blown up the bird at that point yeah. <laughs> it was uh, the to be to, to be fair to that uh, to be fair, to be fair, to that scene that it, I thought it was at least shot well, like in oh, terms of like like the serpentine running, sure. silly I, uh, pops over. They could have just done the serpentine yeah, <laughs> running. Yeah, running. I had, and then, yeah. <laughs> but they had to be four lions, not five. So yeah. I guess that was I don't know. Yeah, um, cinematography and locations. So the filming of this, how it looked. I loved the landscapes. I loved the countryside. I loved the inner city where they were actually during the marathon. They were showing all the parts of London they were running through. Uh, that was pretty cool. Going through the different neighborhoods that were alternatively Pakistani or Chinese or right, yeah, like, uh, more Western London or whatever. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, they certainly had a big palette to work with from countryside to cityscape, right? They did. And like we've talked about like Scorsese before using New York as a character. As a character, that yeah. The, that the the London and and, and English outside. countryside yeah. were characters, characters in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm and, cool with that. And I thought it captured the kind of the sits and laban of the, you know, of of what they were going for of the characters in the moment of how they were kind of experiencing life in these places mm-hmm. where they live mm-hmm. um and i watched uh, on the dvd i watched some extras where they interviewed people and they, they interviewed kids and they they talked to people and that they, they were in these neighborhoods and like so it had an authenticity to it so i like that that, uh, that that was probably uh one of the best parts of the movie was i yeah. enjoyed watching those the, the that set the locations and the way they did the cinematography like you mentioned the uh, using security cameras or what looked like security cameras yeah. even if they weren't right they could have been regular cameras and they filtered it to look like a security camera i don't care that was great yeah yeah 
So the next category is score. Score and, and as music. As mentioned, there wasn't really. I would say score and music. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't much. There was there was uh, some that gave it flavor in terms of being like that you had Muslim influence where Pakistani music was being played. Yeah. The I would say there was some Paki rap. The one right? time that's called the, pa- yeah. Pakistani rap or. Yeah. yeah, there was some of that. I kind of laughed. It was kind of cool. Uh, the one time that I did kind of actually laugh out loud was when they were driving in the van and started singing, and it was a callback to Dancing in the Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they're listening to the radio and like they're listening to you know traditional music for them, and then a quick cut to them singing Dancing in the Moonlight, right. which highlights the satire of that they're all against this western the western world but then they're also all in they're also all in because like their houses are suburban and they have water guns and that like they're they're enjoying western culture and singing the songs of western culture and that was a moment where i was like ah you got me yeah that that joke that that landed yeah Uh, yeah um special effects and notables in this movie anything that you would say like was special there i mean you've got the explosions the explosions uh the explosions that happened yeah uh yeah i'm not sure how they did that I, i'm assuming it was some sort of uh, powder gun inside a building to look like you know the shrapnel shooting yeah. out or whatever but i thought that was i thought that was done well they obviously didn't actually blow up a drugstore or a you know yeah. what i'm saying but um or a sheep or did they yeah <laughs> <laughs> or a bird uh, but, but the point is, uh, you know, I mean, they, it was believable enough, but again, yeah. I felt like in a Monty Python kind of a way. Yeah. In the third act that they pulled back into realism in the very end, when they were doing the blowing up the yeah. actual stores and yeah. stuff that this felt like footage of yeah. explosions that you yeah. would see other places in terrorist acts. Sure. Sure. Um, any X factor for you on Not this movie? for me. Yeah. Not for me. Um, and I, and I, just to, just to clarify, again, I'm well aware that that might be because of my visceral reaction to realizing that I'm sitting there watching a comedy about terrorism. Yeah, but I, I can accept that. That's that's just that's just the way I reacted. That's not going to be everybody. Uh, and for me, that there's no kind of additional thing yeah. uh, that like I didn't find any particular element of it so special others will ryan obviously did and uh, we've got a couple yeah. other council members who yeah. have said things like this and they really bought into like the satire and stuff sure. and uh for me uh it didn't hit on that level uh to anything beyond that okay um so uh how about the awards did it win anything yeah I don't think those are the right awards that I have right there, but let me look real quick. Okay. Uh, while you're talking about that, um, well, I could tell you a little bit. Of give trivia. me some trivia while yeah, you're uh, looking. According to Christopher Morris, uh, Barry, the jihadist group leader, was based on former BMP member who, in an attempt to outknowledge the Asian youths he regularly assaulted, studied the Quran, and as a result, accidentally converted himself and became. A Muslim. Very fun. I thought that was great. Also, look for the quote, if you're reading this, find out what's wrong with you in the small printed credits. As of October 2010, the poster is available in high resolution on the official UK website. 
So, what'd you, what'd you find out about awards? Yeah, so on awards that this won a BAFTA award in 2000, uh, it was a nominee for the BAFTA. Uh, okay. It had nine different wins um, and 24 nominations uh, on different movies. So uh, it was it was a darling of uh, of some of the indie film uh, indie films that they had. It won a Hawaii International Film Festival. Uh, and it won the Karlovy Very International Film Festival, so it did it did well uh, in a couple of places. San Diego Film Critics Society it won for best screenplay. Okay, so yeah, it, it did win some awards. Yeah, but we're not talking about Oscar nominations or Oscar wins. Yeah. you know, Golden Globes, nothing like that. But but that doesn't mean that it didn't win awards or it wasn't well received uh, within within certain circles. All right. What are the kind of trivia you have here? Uh, where are you at? I just did, uh, you know, so I'm down to like, uh, how about despite playing a British Pakistani, Kevin Novak is actually of Iranian descent. Well, there you go. Uh, there's an arrow on the RPG, by the way, mm-hmm. in real life, in order to help prevent such simple mistakes as seen in this movie, which was aiming at the wrong direction and they, blowing up their own people. They aimed at a helicopter or airplane that was too far away, but the rocket went the opposite direction and blew up the leader of the little yeah. group that they were uh, trying to join, which yeah, is why they got they're, sent they're home. training group right there. Yeah. Nigel Lindsay played a Jewish extremist in season two of HBO's Rome. <laughs> okay. Uh, and now he's playing a, an Islamic extremist in this movie. And during the credits, it's revealed that the bazooka that Omar fired backwards in Pakistan killed Osama bin Laden at a training camp. In reality, Osama bin Laden was killed by U.S. Special Forces at a compound in Pakistan on May 2nd, 2011, five days shy of a year after the theatrical release of Four Lions. There you go. And at the end of the credits, where a film usually says no animals were hurt during the making of this film, Four Lions says this uh, after the sheep field incident. Apparently later in the credits, they clarify the joke, but they do say that one sheep was blown up in the making of this film. But it did Uh, not. That was the the very end. Yeah. 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 But it didn't really happen. Did not really happen. Superimposed. Yeah, uh, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, they, that, that, that was a that was a that was a photography trick right there, where they take the sheep out and make the explosion happen. Uh, so let's chat about uh, voting right now. Sure. So and, the council. Yeah, on the council, Ryan's obviously a yes, and mm-hmm. then we know so far that Kyle and Brad are also yeses. And Kyle's yes would be a it's a yes. Yeah. No, no question. I would call it a qualified yes in yeah. that he gives it a score that's. Almost a yes. We score. usually say four point five out of five. Out of five, he's like four and a quarter. But, but every for him, council it member, had an X factor. Every council member has the ability, and you and I have said something is a four or four, almost a four or five. But with the X factor, it's a yes. Yeah. And Kyle says yes. Marshall's no, and then the rest we don't know. We don't know about we... Matthew, April, Jeremy, Adam, Nathan, and we don't know your vote. The Triple Facebook D. poll, by the way, currently has it at a yes, but it However, is an, it's an anemic poll because we only have uh, we have less than 100 people who have voted mm-hmm. on this poll. 52 well, yeah. of them haven't seen it. 23 people have said either yes or no. 52 have said, I don't know what movie you're talking about. And four said, I guess I got to go re-rewatch. Of the 23 people who've said either yes or no, by the way, 23, let's put this in perspective. Very small. We normally have like... 
70, 80 yeah. yeses or nos, yeah. and like 20 or 30 of the others. But we looked at the movie, 40,000 people saw this in the theater. 40,000. Butts in seats. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so by scale. The, not that everybody watches in the theater. Like you no, get no. streaming and DVDs and all that. But 16 yes, 7, and seven no. no's. Which is close enough that I would argue it still may swing either way. This could go either way. But... Uh, 16 yeses, 7 noes, 52 said, I haven't seen it yet. 4 want to rewatch it to make a decision. My vote, which is not registered here because I haven't clicked the button yet, it would be a no. Yeah. Now, again, that's not enough. And my vote, which does count because I am the guest voter, guest voter. tonight, that I'm going to vote no. And it pains me because I always want to, you know, I want to support our council members. Sure. But, uh... But I, I, I have place. to go. I have to go with. And you did the same thing with last walk time. Hard. I mean, yeah. I want to support a council member, but I couldn't say yes. It would be a lie. Yeah, and for me, it it just it didn't click. And if I'm looking at other movies that are out there, if mm. I'm saying like we're talking about satires or we're talking about social commentaries, that would you compare this to like? What do you compare it to? Do you compare it to Dr. Strangelove? Uh, and if, if you do, then this movie is uh, like Brad did in his uh, in his nomination that uh-huh. had said this is like the Dr. Strangelove for modern time. Okay. I don't know if I'd be able to say that. Uh, it's just, it's of such a different quality and tightness and sharpness in terms of uh, its direction, its style, its, its screenplay. Yeah. Um, or do you compare it to other stuff that has like even what we do in the shadows? Um, and, and for me, it just, it doesn't rise above. It is novel. Yes. It's novel. I would agree with that. In, in, in certain respects, but, um, Borat would be higher for me. Dr. Strangelove would be higher for me. What we do in the shadows would be higher for me. Uh, Fight Club would be higher Uh, for me. Yeah. Even, even American Psycho. Yeah, I think would be higher. So sorry, Ryan. Well, in terrorism, I mean Heather's, but yeah. but that that all, but that's an indie. Yeah, not a lot of people have seen, uh, and it's dated, of course. But uh, I think would be higher too. So uh, apologies to Ryan because you know love you dearly, oh, man. Please keep nominating. I mean, yeah, and I appreciate the fact that I I saw this movie because I probably wouldn't have. But that said, it's got. Four possible yeses, and it still has one, two, three, four, five people who can vote, and needs three of the it five to three. get in. And it's in. And I think that this has a strong chance of getting in. I think it's got a chance. Um, for sure. Uh, so, before we close, any final thoughts that you have tonight? You know, as I, as I said, and I already kind of sprung this one, uh, I... I wouldn't have watched it because I would have read the summary that said, this is about terrorism and people are going to bomb a marathon. And I would have been like, ah, yeah. You know what? I'm not going to watch the whale. Yeah. Because the subject matter is too close to my life, to my former the, life. elements in my former, my former, my life. I, I think it'll be difficult, emotionally yeah. difficult. I wouldn't have watched it when I read the summary, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, and I appreciate that from. And you, I'm Ryan. also Thank glad I got much. the chance to watch a movie that I haven't seen before, yeah. and it expands my repertoire. I will watch this movie again. Yeah, I will watch this movie again. So, uh, and uh, and I appreciate that this season so far is that I'm I'm getting movies that I haven't I've never seen. I thought I had seen Walk Hard, and yeah. I'm glad Kyle nominated it because 
I had not seen it. Yeah. I was confusing it with a different movie. So. For example. As always, uh, I hope everyone jo- enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Video Land find you, Mr. Miggity Mac? You can find me on AV on Facebook. Adventures and, in Video Land on Facebook. Yeah, and you can find me there as well. And you can find Adventures in Video Land on Instagram, Adventures in Video Land, uh, our Facebook page, and... And AdventuresinVideoLand.com. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook for us. Uh, you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Video Landers. One sheep was blown up in the making of this film. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. Uh, but how about this? We, we love, love you. you. Oh!